And it is time to talk gardening with our good friend, Ms. Barb Lampson. Barb and I were just looking at pictures of lilies. My son has had his first lilies that he has planted from seed. It's been, uh, this is going on the third year. It takes a lot of time to get from seed to a uh, flower. So what did you think, Barb? I was amazed, absolutely amazed. They are just absolutely gorgeous. And um, I saw combinations that I hadn't seen before. This um, trumpet that's recurved the the petals are just coming down and here's what really struck me as amazing is the stamens with the pollen on them are longer than normal they're standing out there it's like they're extending a hand and they're saying to the pollinators come to me come to me yeah so i wondered if if they'd be kind of a good uh, one for pollinators so so those are the kind of things that you have to watch so when you're creating a new variety you know, we planted the seed three years ago, and this is so the first year didn't have any blooms. This is the first year with blooms, and you have to watch to see, you you have to report on when did they bloom, how tall did they get, how sturdy are they, um, do, so if it come does it come back again next year? I mean, sure. we see it this year, and then, you, you know, is it... Is it going to be a good one? Because, you know, you might have something that's beautiful, but if it if it just sort of <coughs> flops, then right, right. you wouldn't want it. So that's how new, it takes so long to get new varieties to the market. And so if you ever wonder why it's expensive, well, that's one of the reasons. So, You know what I was thinking? You have to have patience. Um, it's one thing to be a gardener where we think we have <laughs> patience. But if you're developing something, if you're making a cross, because you also have to have the, the vision of uh, what is it you're crossing for and what, what, what do you want and sometimes you get nothing what you think you're going to get <clears throat> yeah yeah because it's just like in humans i mean genetics look at a, yeah look at a family of six and every child is just a little different and and you think wow how do how do you have that variation but that's the wonderful thing about genetics and you saw in grants he, he's <clears throat> got these are i would call them almost mini Asiatic lilies they're they're very petite they're I mean they're they're like the size almost of a golf ball or a little you bigger. know I think that would be something that would attract me to that plant also because sometimes they're so big and then you stake the plant and then the wind comes and then breaks it over dries it and out I I like this cluster these these smaller blooms I think they're really great for a bouquet, they'd be outstanding, too. Well, you know, we're going to see if um, we can enter them that the National North American Lily Society is having its contest coming up. And um, what you do <coughs> is you, it's virtual this year, which is nice. So we're, you take pictures and they've got certain specifications, the background and everything and how to do it. So we might try that and see I think that's a good how idea. it does. One thing about belonging to the Lily Society, I mean, they keep you informed. Um, and this week I got my book on how to enter and how to classify and do all that. Yes, for the and show. And they're just, um, they just, just, just give you all the information you need and encourage you, I mean, to, to go ahead. And uh, I think that's, that is such an amazing thing. Well, that's the thing, you know, I was really um, <clears throat> intimidated a bit when when we did the na- went to the National Hosta Society. They had the show and I thought, well, what the heck, I'm going to enter it just for kicks and giggles. But I didn't know really what to do. But the great thing is there's people there that are so willing to help. Gardener people are so open and say well let me help you let you know what can sure, i do sure. and that's the same with the master gardeners and that's what we why we do what we do is because we like to help people and and, and right. improve yeah and and share and you know the other thing about it is um 
We're so eager to go out and meet people because we learn so much from them. It isn't us teaching them. It's we're, yes. we're learning so much from them and from their experiences. And uh, <clears throat> people will, uh, they're very patient and uh, they're uh, they're just very eager to learn new things and try new things. And always they'll say, well, it's not that great. And you think, it is great, you know. If it's well, <laughs> and that's that's part of the being the humble part that a yeah, lot of them right, are, too. Right. So, or, or, or this is the one I hear a lot, and I think I find myself doing this. Oh, you should have seen it last week yeah, because maybe right, something else right. was in bloom, and you're like, oh, this isn't too great. You should have seen it last week. And I right. hear, you know, that's, that's another common one you hear. This morning, my neighbors came over. I was out watering and and said, you know, do you want to see how the garden's doing now? Our tomatoes are the best they've ever been. Oh, good. And, oh, they were great. Um, the brandy wine. And, Which is an heirloom. It is. Go- looking gorgeous. Uh, they're not ripe, though, yet, are they? Oh, no, no. But, <clears throat> so last year, we were up in our garden, up at Good Council, and we had brought them up to look at things. And one of our neighbors up there was growing a miniature, miniature tomato were the ripe tomatoes about the size of a blueberry. Oh, okay. Those are tiny, yeah. And they said we could take a couple. And um, our neighbor took a couple and extracted the seed. And this year, I had 10 seeds planted them. And, you know, they have got tomatoes on them. And it won't be long before they'll be ripe. And I love those for um, putting in a salad. Sure, I mean, just they're, little, they're like little bite size. That's that's mm-hmm. exactly right. I think small children would like them too. So, they um, they're sweet. They they just they're just kind of gone in a second in your mouth. So, the thing about being a gardener, um, if you read and if you visit garden centers and if you uh, visit people that are growing things. You learn that there are new varieties out there, new things, and you should have some of those in your garden. But you know what? It's interesting, too. <clears throat> we, sometimes we have tried out new varieties. We decided we just don't like them. Yeah, and and, and we've we've done that, too. And But it's always good to try new things. And sometimes I go back to the old standards, like back to for tomatoes, I've tried new ones. I always go back to my tomato berry. That is just one of my favorites for your eating right off the vine kind of, of thing and mine are doing really well right now and this year I've never planted the the super sauce actually big mama uh, because Blake my son who is 15 wanted to do a salsa garden so when I put my order in with Harvey Harvey yes, Hess he yes. does he starts plants <laughs> for for some of us and I I said well what would be good for salsa and he said that the big mama would be a good one so yeah. my cilantro's gung-ho my uh, big mamas are doing well. I've got the onions that are getting all, you know, getting ripe. Sure. And let's see, what else do you do with, oh, salsa? Uh, peppers. My peppers are right. coming. C- cilantro. So, yes. Oh, yes. I have so much cilantro. <laughs> and I was going to ask you about that because I planted a ton and it's going to go to seed and I don't want that. So should I cut it down and do you freeze it or what do you do again? Tell me about that so you I know, can save if, it. If, you know, it's best to start taking it when it's younger. Before it gets so big and tall. Well, right now it's about oh six inches. Oh, so that's inches. good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. And um, but how can I preserve it? Because I you, can't use that right now. All of right, that. you could you could freeze it if you you have a de- dehydrator. You could. Dry I know, it. but I've dehydrated it before, and it just basically turns into dust. I mean, it's really. It, it's it, you left it in there too long. Oh. <laughs> you know why don't you just try using your microwave then and um, use a paper towel. 
um, after you wash the leaves, put them on there and put it in for one minute. Check it after one minute and see how it looks. If you don't think it, if it's still uh, rubbery, it hasn't been in there long enough. But then after two minutes, maybe that's going to be right. And does then it lose any of its flavor when you do that, <clears> though? It probably does, doesn't it? A well, little bit, maybe? It's not well, as good as fresh. It's, it's, it's quite intense. Dried is quite, because you're getting rid of the water. Oh, okay. So it's more intense than what a tablespoon of fresh would be. Would that be better than freezing it, let's say? I mean, because I know you freeze. Don't you put it in uh, ice cube trays with a little bit of water, and then you use it and throw it in soups or something? Well, I, I've, I've done that, and I don't even use um, um, water. Oh. I don't use that anymore. I just chop it up. I wash it. I chop it up, and I just put it in plastic bags by the amount I want. If, I, if I'm going to use... Um, Oh, you just freeze it in the bag like that? I do, I do. But yeah, just if you think like I use a lot in soups, casseroles, things like that, I need a fourth of a cup. If I, I'm thinking, then I'll put in measure out and put a fourth of a cup in. And, and you just throw it in the freezer and flatten <clears throat> it out or something? And I, yeah, flatten it out. And then I actually, what's handy is to have little baskets or little like shoebox size things, and you keep things in there together rather than letting things get separated because it's easy with these little bags and to have them. how is the flavor then when you use that <clears throat> it's great so it's, okay well then i'm gonna have to start doing that because it's otherwise with this heat it's going to start to bolt and not be any good because right. that's getting ripe sooner than the other things so sure. i can't make so, um, um, the salsa yet yeah yeah and and the thing is um with with all these herbs if you're cooking it goes in like the last five minutes or so. Sure. You, you don't cook and cook because you begin to lose the flavor. Oh, okay. Good, good I advice. I just wanted to say, you know, <clears throat> I am so excited about lilies. And this morning, I couldn't wait to get outside and run and see if I had any lilies that had opened up. Because the promise was there. There were mm. the big buds. Right. And, and there was just along the edge you could just barely see that it was some color and sure enough they'd opened up a little bit more i'm so excited it's like christmas going out to see and then i planted some seeds some flower seeds late because i forgot about them right mm -hmm. and um i had three different kinds of balsam colors i've got magenta balsam now balsam i <clears throat> balsam plant is um it looks almost tropical. Oh. It looks like it could be related to an impatience. Um, it isn't a good flower for flower arranging with, but it's a great one for pollinators. They love it. I'm not familiar with that, to be honest with you. Very, very easy to grow. Okay. Probably uh, germinates, I'd say, in about seven days, something okay. like that. If you keep it watered, you water twice a day. And now that's one thing about them. The the stem itself is like an impatience it's watery looking so you got to keep them watered but they um they they look really great and they were up this morning i went oh wow hey this is just such a double you know i've got uh lilies that are opening up and then i have this one lily that i planted on the east side of my house which isn't a good idea because the deer can come in oh. and eat it and i had a cage around it but it had outgrown its cage. Oops. So I tried to modify the cage, and I added two more additions. And then I took a dish towel, <laughs> and then I covered the whole thing and tucked it in on the sides. And I thought, 
Okay, so... You, you know, I've done that in, in my garden, too, to protect some plants where I'll put a big tomato cage around it, and then I'll, I'll clothespin a, 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 a burlap bag around it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. anything, anything yeah, like right. that, because you think, this is, this is not right, and I've been <laughs> watering it, and, uh, and, and, you know, water is at such a premium. Oh, yes. You know, at our house now, we have those eight rain barrels. That's 400 gallons, and I have drained... 200 gallons now four of them are empty yep and um so we need rain and talking about that um i can hardly believe how dry it is oh it's it's terrible look at the lawns already and usually this time i mean we're talking at the end of june it's july now but usually yeah it's so we have had to date we've had 8.37 inches of rain normally a norm for us would be 16.86. 16.86. Oh my gosh, no wonder it seems so. So we're under by 50%. Wow. Which is, yeah, it's it, the soil is very hard. Um, I'm checking, I'm shoving more mulch underneath my plants. I'm just, and I'm keeping the weeds out. I figure, you know, hey, look, at there's only so much moisture in the soil and the weeds aren't going to have it. Right. Yeah, and that's why we use use mulch too to help keep the weeds yes. down and that sort of thing. And the worst thing you could do now is if you see weeds in your yard is to to put herbicide on. You never want to put herbicides no. when the the temperature is this high because you're going to kill a lot of other things and yeah. causing drift and things. So, uh yeah, you either pick by hand or just wait <clears throat> you until know, it gets l- cooler. Last year, my dear friend from New Ulm, they have a lawn service come in and it was hot. And I believe it was the first part of July. It may have been the end of June. I forget when. It was incredibly hot. It was in the 90s. And they put down a herbicide. And a few days later, her grass started turning Mm. yellow. And it looked just horrible. And these are people that uh, gardening for them is the the lawn. Keeping it green, watering it, mowing it, just keeping it perfect like that. And I told her, I said, well, have you had the lawn service in? Have you put anything down? She said, oh, yes, they had. Oof. And uh, so I said, well, it's more than likely it's what they spread. You know, you just, yeah, you absolutely do not spread anything. It's like even when you're going to paint, when it's too hot, you can't use paint on your house. Or you'll, yeah, you'll just, it'll just peel off. Or yeah, d- yeah, yeah, it's just, it, it dries too fast. It's yep. just, it's just not good. And you have to follow these instructions. So she didn't believe me. Oh, of so course. she <laughs> called her friends at the elevator in Sleepy Eye okay. and told them what had been spread on her lawn. And they said, oh, no, it was too hot. You ca- that can't be used, to, you know, when the temperature is that high. And so she called the lawn service. They said it would come back. But they did not offer, if it didn't come back, a solution. So um, anyway, she had to water it and water it and water it. And finally, but she said her grass has never been the same. Mm. You know, what a price to pay for green grass. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And we had, uh, there's a new house just few few houses down from us it was just built and on one of the hottest days it was 100 degrees out with the wind they laid sod oh wow and that was last week it is all brown now oh i mean so and, expensive such a oh, waste be, well it is because of the, and they they've got the sprinklers and stuff on but when you do that and it's that windy and it's that dry it's just i just thought to myself you're gonna have to redo that sure yeah. you know our garden club was garden club 
we were on tour last Monday night, and we were invited out to two places in the country. And the one um, place that we visited, a beautiful farm, it's a heritage farm. This is the fourth generation that's living there. They had the original oak trees, and you know oh, how majestic so an oak is. And obviously, um, they've had an arborist or someone, or someone in the family knew how to prune and these trees have canopies oh, and they just cascade out and I was talking to the owner and he said they're really worried about their trees now because of last year's drought oh sure and if we would get another drought I mean they can water there but how can you get enough water down and these there's three of these oaks that are close together uh, it, that would be such a loss to this family I mean, they have memories, on, you know. Well, and that's the thing. It doesn't always, it sometimes takes a while to catch up in terms of when the trees or things die, too. So that's it why does. it's so important. And you you need to water outside of the canopy, the drip line, what they call it, because those yes. roots go all the way out. Yes, they Not do. just down at where the, the trunk is. They're spread out all the ways. Well, that's true, too. And when you transplant or you buy a container plant now, you want to be sure there again, you're not dumping, you're not spraying up against the, the um, stalk of the plant, against the, right. uh, you're going out, spreading it out like that. You want to encourage those roots to leave that circle that they were in and get right. further out. Yeah, and you want them to go deep, so that's why if you just, you know, put a couple of yeah, I don't know, cans full of water and you say, I'm done watering. No, because it'll just be on the top and those roots will want to stay on the top and then that's why you get trees yeah. that are going to topple because they need deep roots. Right. Hey, I wanted to let people know the Lily Society show, the Minnesota Lily Society show is coming up and we I won't be here next Friday because I will be uh, basically getting ready for the show. So I want to let people know if they want. It'll be in the Twin Cities. It's the 51st annual flower show. And the theme is Lily's Garden Heroes. It'll be at Bachman's, and that's at Lindale Avenue South in Minneapolis. So it's not really that far from here. It's about, no. you know, no. hour, hour and a half or so. It'll be in the Bachman's Heritage Room. And so July 9th, it will be 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. The, the public is welcome. And then July 10th, it'll be 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's free and open to the public. You can look up more information at North Star Lily Society. And so Grant is going to be entering some things. Maybe I'll enter some as well. But want to let people know that they're welcome to come up and like you said you love lilies it's a great chance and these are not day lilies these are asiatic right. trumpet aurelian oriental um martigons martigon well yeah I, yeah there will be some there's still some martigons that are are mm. um blooming yeah it's getting a little one with this heat though it really has taken it's, some of yeah, them yeah that's true so anyway it's, it's, and so is this specimens or is this going to be arranged all it'll <clears throat> so they'll have what it's kind of like what they did at the hosta show where they'll have in the hostas it was leaves in this case it'll be individual stems of flowers mm -hmm. and then they'll have arrangements and they've got different themes and i i love the themes that they have one of them for the men they have a men's only group division That's and nice. one of the it's the the theme is garden heroes so they're considering garden heroes like bumblebees um ladybugs Praying Mantis. So Praying Mantis is one in the men's group. So I told Grant, what can you think of something to do an arrangement that with the theme of Praying Mantises? So he's got to think of something. You know, Praying Mantises are the one that bites the head off their mates. 
<laughs> so yeah, I don't know what right, he's going to think. Right. So yeah, so they've got these great themes, and then they people do arrangements with the lily being the predominant flower, but there can be other sure, types of things sure. there. So yeah, we'll see. And, and then <clears throat> in the arrangement, do they identify each of the lilies that they use? Well, it's interesting. I, I've never done this before, but actually you don't have to bring your own lilies for the arrangements in the arrangements they at you just go up there and they've got a bunch of lilies for you ah. i mean you enter your own for the individual flowers and sure, you need to have sure. names for them right but in the the arranging thing they they say we'll, we'll provide a bunch of flowers so they'll have a bunch of flowers there oh, and it's great that would be see what interesting to see what people do yeah and and <laughs> so and they have a bunch of supplies and stuff so i think yeah. i'll have to go up to the show uh, it sounds yeah. like I should take a break. You know, my problem these days is um, I get involved with, with the garden right. and with my other volunteer things. Yes. And that takes priority. And then yep. after, when I don't go to something, I think... I should have gone. I should have gone. You know, that yeah. that's kind of silly that I didn't do that. Right. And yeah. and I'm, I'm the same way. Or a lot of times there will be things going on and I'll be like, nope, I've got a weed or I've got a... You know, so that is one of the things. It's kind of like having a pet, but uh, it's it's plants, and yes, and yes. you sometimes feel like you can't go because you have all these things to do. You know, I brought my great book that I got as a gift from my friend Lona and her husband Tim. It's called Water Gardening. Oh, wonderful! I, I've had it. It they gave me this several years ago, but I've read it several times. And I thought, I just have to bring this with this morning as a reminder to share with you some information that I found in here about a plant that we both love. And that is the elephant ear. Yes, the elephant ear, which is a tropical plant, and it comes from this giant, is it a corm? I don't think they call it a bulb. Isn't it a corm? Or is it a bulb? But anyway, they can be as bigger than a, a softball. Absolutely. And it's a food. Did you know that? So do you know? Okay, so the elephant ear, the root then is taro. Yes. And that's very much a diet of, of uh, in many um, uh, countries. A Asian countries a lot. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. <clears throat> and in my book, it was saying that if you go to the Asian food store, you can buy these big roots for like a dollar fifty a pound. So should we go to the there and get our elephant ears to plant or... <laughs> Yeah, I'm wondering because right. they're so expensive. Otherwise, you could pay like twenty bucks for one, one uh, bulb. Sure. Well, and here's the thing. Okay, so I found out in here that they are a water plant. You can grow these in your water garden, really, in your pond. What they require is like you know we have an earthen ledge in ours, right? And then your the liner of your pond goes over that, so that's covered. But it's this nice step. So you can have different levels of plants. And with the elephant ear, it needs to be in water. So it's only submerged about two inches. Okay. Uh, so that's, but then it grows really big. And what's great about it is if you have a lot of sun and you want sun for most of your plants, but you want shade for your fish, this as it grows... Oh, sure, and would be it, a nice shader. It becomes a miniature tree in there. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So who would have known? Well, because I've always either put them in the soil, and I, this year I've just put them in pots because I don't have enough room with all my other flowers and things. But they don't do as well. They don't grow as big because they, they do need that moisture to grow. They do. And guess what? Um, the two bulbs that you gave me I, and the one broke dormancy, um, early this spring I put it in a pot, 
and it went from this little pink thing sticking up, getting bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I could get it outside, I have it out there. And it's about, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe 24 inches, okay, maybe so 30 inches tall. Do now. you know, I had put one in a pot, a really big bulb, and it didn't come, and it didn't come, and it did come, didn't come. So just the other day, I looked, and it had rotted. So... So it must have been, I don't know if I, it got too wet or, I, I'm not sure. But anyway, so I just put something else in there. Yeah, right, right. Well, this one that, that uh, um, broke dormancy and I put out there, that's looking great. The Good. other one I have planted in the soil. And because it had a little pink, it looked like, but it, it has kind of stalled out. I think it might be the heat or something like that. So plants are interesting. And the more you read about them, the more you find out how uh, versatile they can be. What one person is eating, another person is going to buy just for decoration in their yard. It's just just an amazing thing. And then being able to save that root like that, um, that's great. That's the one thing with some of those plants, so like, the, like the cannas, the callas, the elephant ears. If you want to continue to grow them, you have to dig them up in the fall because they can't survive the winter so that's the thing but they are so expensive to buy as an individual bulb or whatever i just had i had some you know the the caladiums they have those real pretty oh they're kind of almost heart-shaped tropical looking but smaller um i just had some that i've had in this uh, a pot since oh i don't know march they just started coming up now oh well so my caladiums are at least um Oh gosh, um, they have the big heart shaped leafed and they're draping, and um, they're fully fully developed, and they like shade. They do not want to be out in the full sun. I have them under the dogwood trees, and I have this. Um, I'll have to tell you next week what the name of it is. Uh, um, it's a red, a very red leaf with green, just absolutely very 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 striking. Yeah, well, I'm going to be probably uh, going out on the hillside this weekend because it's not supposed to be as humid and weeding the jewelweed because the whole hillside is covered with jewelweed, which is a nice native, but I have other plants and it's taking over. The thing is that jewelweed, that's the the plant they also call, what is it? But you you touch it when it's got a flower. If you touch it, they shoot out at you. Or if you walk by them and brush them, you literally feel things pelting you. It's like somebody's taking a little BB gun and shooting you. And so that's why they're such a funny plant that um, they are fun. And I mean, that's for children. If you if you uh, got children coming to visit to let them just touch those seed pods and then out they go just like that. Yeah, yeah. That that is an amazing thing, right? But if you get in and you've got a seed, I would like to add the jewelweed to my uh, pollinator garden. Oh, Barb, do you want to come? I have so many. Oh my goodness! Do you have any that just have seed? Well, so, I'm going to try and get them before they they get their oh. <laughs> seed. But let me tell you, there's thousands, so I'm sure I'll miss some. So no problem. <laughs> okay, all right, that's great. That sounds like a good deal. All right. Well, I want to thank you for coming in. Are you going to go see some fireworks this week? Uh no, and, no. We, the you know we're babysitting our daughter's puppies. Oh, and sure. Bentley is afraid of loud noises. Oh, sure. <laughs> so we have to stay home and um, play music that's designed for dogs to uh, relax them. So. Okay. Well, very good. You have a, a happy weekend. Right. And good luck at the Lily Show.